Happy New Year and welcome to episode number 699 of the Nutrition Diva podcast. I'm your host, Monica Reinagel, and today's show, like so many episodes before it, was suggested by a listener. Kathy writes, 20 years ago, we were told that we were eating too much protein, but now the advice is to eat more protein, especially for middle-aged women. What changed in that time? Well, for the record, Kathy, there are still a lot of people claiming that we are eating too much protein, but we need to look a bit closer at what they mean by too much. They often mean that we're eating more than the minimum recommended amount of protein. And in the developed world, that is generally true. Most Americans eat about one and a half to two times as much protein as is absolutely essential to keep our bodies functioning. However, Americans are still eating substantially below the upper end of the recommended range for protein. And this is an important point because when you hear people say that we're eating too much protein, it sounds like we're exceeding the recommended limits, and that is simply not the case. But by the same token, when people say that we need to be eating more protein, we need to ask, more than what? It may sound like they're suggesting that we should increase the amount of protein we are currently eating, but they may simply be pointing out that there are benefits to eating more than the recommended minimum, which, again, most of us are already doing. So a diet that gets 20% of its calories from protein, instead of the bare minimum of 10%, has some advantages, including better appetite control, a slightly increased metabolism, more lean muscle tissue, especially for those who do strength training. And the easiest way to see where you might fall on that spectrum is to spend a few days logging your diet in a diet tracking app such as MyFitnessPal. That'll give you a rough estimate of how many calories you are taking in in a typical day and about what percentage of them are coming from protein. And it can also help you learn which foods provide protein and how much. And we can also get more benefit from the protein that we're already eating by distributing it more equally throughout the day. So Americans typically eat the lion's share of their daily protein at the evening meal. And reducing the amount of protein at dinner and increasing the amount of protein in your breakfast and lunch could maximize those protein benefits without actually increasing the amount of protein that you're eating. And I have an entire episode on that on how to build more muscle with less protein. And here's a tidbit that may be of particular interest to women in midlife. Australian researchers Stephen Simpson and David Raubenheimer, who are pursuing something that they call the protein leverage hypothesis, cite some evidence that increasing the percentage of calories that come from protein as women go through menopause could help to mitigate the weight gain, especially around the belly, that frequently accompanies this transition. According to them, even a relatively modest bump from 15% of calories to 18% of calories could be impactful. Now, keep in mind that if you're increasing calories from protein, you're going to want to decrease calories from other foods in order to avoid gaining weight. But fortunately, calories from protein tend to keep you full longer than the same number of calories from other nutrients. We also need to remember that protein is not the same as meat, because I think a lot of the people arguing that we are eating too much protein are less concerned with how much protein we're eating and more concerned with how much meat we're eating. 
There are valid concerns that the amount of meat we currently consume is not sustainable from an ecological or environmental point of view. And others point out that the land, water, and other resources that we currently use to raise meat could feed a lot more people if we use those resources to produce other types of food. But protein is not the same as meat. You can increase your protein intake without increasing your meat intake. It may also be true that we tend to eat protein in ways that are not terribly good for us, in the form of cured and processed meats that contain nitrites, or smoked and charbroiled meats that contain carcinogens. Avoiding these foods might well make your diet and you healthier, but that has nothing to do with their protein content. And finally, you could also argue that we're simply eating too much of everything, including protein. Cutting back on portion sizes across the board could help reduce overweight and obesity, but that's not about cutting protein per se. That's about cutting calories. And in fact, if you want to cut calories from your diet, I'd suggest that you trim calories from refined carbohydrates first before you start reducing your protein intake. While most Americans are getting plenty of protein, there is one group that is not getting enough, and that is older women. On average, Protein intake among older women hovers right at the minimum, and close to 1 in 10 are sinking below that minimum. What's more, newer research suggests that those minimum intake requirements are actually too low, especially for seniors. And if that's true, then significantly more women and some older men as well are actually falling short of the amount of protein they need to thrive. In particular, we need more protein as we age in order to offset the age-related loss of muscle tissue. Losing muscle mass as we age is a big deal because when we lose muscle mass, we tend to lose bone mass as well, and that initiates a whole downward spiral of increased frailty and diminished function. And I have another episode devoted to this topic. It's on how to prevent age-related muscle loss. But one of the best ways to stave off age-related muscle mass is to keep up that protein intake. And as I mentioned earlier, to distribute it more evenly throughout the day. But here's where it gets a little tricky. While protein requirements go up, our calorie needs decrease with age. And that means that we need to get a bigger and bigger percentage of our calories from protein. And that's exactly the opposite of what tends to happen. Protein intake for both men and women, tends to start falling off around the age of 50, right when we can least afford it. Now, as I pointed out earlier, meat is not the only source of protein. There are all kinds of vegetable protein sources as well. However, for all their many advantages, you do have to eat a lot more legumes, grains, nuts, seeds, and vegetables to get the same amount of protein as you do from animal sources. And I have a podcast about this as well. It's called Protein Density, How to Get More Protein with Fewer Calories. And that issue of protein density may explain a study out of Japan, which found that elderly men who ate the most animal protein showed the least physical and cognitive decline compared to those who ate the least. And I know this confused a lot of folks because we've heard almost nothing but bad news about meat lately. In particular, how high intake of meat throughout life is linked to decreased lifespan. But for all its environmental and ethical baggage, 
Animal protein is the most concentrated and bioavailable source of protein. And it could be that older men who eat more animal protein, which by the way, includes fish and eggs and dairy, as well as chicken and beef, that they're just a whole lot more likely to meet their protein requirements than those who are relying primarily on vegetable sources. But the take-home for those listeners over 60 is that keeping protein intake up as you age looks like a very good hedge against aging and disability. I suggest aiming for between 60 to 80 grams of protein per day and try to get at least half of that from animal sources if you're open to that. Also remember that it takes more than just protein to build strong muscles and bones. You've also got to make sure that you're getting enough vitamin X as in exercise. So for my listener, Kathy, as you can see, protein recommendations are a complex topic. And I hope at least I've helped clarify what may have seemed like competing recommendations. But here's a recap. Number one, although most people in developed nations take in more than the recommended minimum for protein, this would not appear to be too much. Intakes are still well within the recommended range. Number two, Eating more than the minimum amount of protein does have several advantages, particularly in weight control and body composition. However, most of us already do. Number three, current minimum protein recommendations may not be sufficient to maintain optimal health, particularly in older people. Number four, while protein from animal sources tends to be of higher biological value, there are environmental and ethical concerns that must also be considered. And finally, Many people could get more benefit from the protein that they are already consuming by distributing it more equally throughout the day instead of eating most of it at their evening meal. I included links in the show notes to all of those other episodes that I mentioned on protein. And the show notes are at nutrition-diva.simplecast.com where you can browse the entire archive, which as I said, is now 699 episodes. And if you find the Nutrition Diva podcast interesting and informative, do me a favor and share it with a friend that you think might also enjoy it. If you've got a question you'd like me to tackle in an upcoming episode, you can email me at nutrition at quickanddirtytips.com. You can also leave me a message at 443-961-6206. I'd also like to invite you to check out my other podcast. It's called The Change Academy, where Brock Armstrong and I explore the art and science of behavior change. You can find it on all the major podcast platforms. So whatever app you're using right now to listen to me, just head on up to that search bar and type in Change Academy. Nutrition Diva is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Nathan Sems with script editing by Adam Cecil. And thanks also to Morgan Christensen, Holly Hutchings, Davina Tomlin, and Cameron Lacey. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.